Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I do want to let you guys know before we get going that Kate is out today, so it's just me and Justice holding down the fort, but we are recording this thing on Thursday afternoon. So we're going to pick some of our favorite players in tonight's Thursday night football game, but we won't have the Thursday night reaction for you like we normally do. And there might be some updated, you know, COVID additions, injuries or whatever by the time this thing actually goes live. It's Christmas Eve. We want everybody to have a happy holiday. So everybody have a Merry Christmas and let's get this thing going. Justice, we do want to get into this Thursday night game a a little bit because there is some fantasy and and gambling impact with this game the Niners obviously hot lately they've won five of six the Titans offense seems like it is totally floundering right now and they're just not fun to watch and they can't put up a lot of points but I I am interested in this matchup a a little bit here where there's a small chance that the Titans get AJ Brown back and Julio Jones is not on their injury report after leaving last week's game with a hamstring injury He's been super limited. You, you simply can't put Julio Jones into your fantasy lineups at this point because he's done absolutely nothing for you. But if A.J. Brown goes in this game, the Niners are a favorable matchup. We've talked a lot about their secondary and, and how poor their corners are. This is a good spot if the Titans can get A.J. Brown back into this game. Deontay Foreman coming off a big 100-yard rushing game. I think you can start him in this one. But other than that, I think you just have to avoid these Tennessee Titans because we we talked about it on Wednesday's show. Their offense is not fun to watch. It it is not good. And that game against the Steelers last week was just one of the worst offensive performances I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like the season was too long for the Tennessee Titans. You know, they, they started to wear out at the end. And this is still a highly motivated San Francisco team. I mean, by the time this comes out, the game will be over. But I'm assuming San Francisco wins, and if that's true, they essentially punch in, um, you know, a playoff spot, basically lock in that sixth seed for the NFC and still have a shot to actually win the division. Um, you know, it kind of seems like a Hail Mary shot at this point, but this if they win the game, they probably have something like a 5% chance because the Arizona Cardinals ended up losing last week, and, you know, the Rams dropped a couple games down the stretch, so they're still alive in terms of being able to host a playoff game, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about it a ton. I really like the Niners' offense. I really like everything that they're doing, and I was hopeful we would get that full unit healthy headed into this football game. Elijah Mitchell has already been ruled out, unfortunately, 
So it's going to be Jeff Wilson again. Uh, Jeff Wilson did have a good game last week, stepping in for Mitchell, having over 100 rushing yards. But this is a tough matchup. The Titans have been one of the worst matchups against opposing running backs all season long. That being said, uh, if you've made it this far and you're an Elijah Mitchell with like a Jeff Wilson handcuff, owner then i think you probably got to play him just because you know in that kyle shanahan offense he's gonna get opportunities to run the football and you might not have another guy who's just gonna get that much volume and you're kind of hoping he just finds a way to get in the end zone or something like that and as far as the rest of their offense goes i think he could take a chance on jimmy g this week he he was a little bit of a letdown last week but Jimmy has been a decent fantasy football quarterback this season. Like he's got a pretty safe floor, especially going against the Titans secondary that has been roasted by wide receivers all season long. Like I, I feel like Jimmy's got kind of a, a safe, like two touchdown floor in this game. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. Obviously all those guys are in your lineup and I, I think you can deploy your San Francisco 49ers with a little bit of a question mark next to Jeff Wilson, but I think you still got to put him in there. Yeah. I mean, he has enough weapons around him. I mean, I don't know how much of it is Jimmy G as much as it is, you know, cop Shane is calling yeah. plays for him with Debo Samuel and, you know, George Kittle and Kyle use check and whoever they end up getting production out of the backfield um, with, with how you kind of stepping up recently. So I think it's less about Jimmy G, but as in terms of like Jimmy G, the data point, being able to produce I'm a hundred percent with you. Yeah. And you know, George Kittle has been absolutely insane. Debo Samuel is a, a really hard fantasy player to predict, but when he touches the ball, he makes plays. So he hasn't been getting catches in game. So it's not exactly helping you out if you're in a PPR league or something like that, but he's been super effective when he runs the ball and they've shown that they're going to utilize him that way especially with no Elijah Mitchell in this game. If Jeff Wilson's struggling to find running lanes, like we could see uh, Debo Samuel with a, a lock for, you know, like that, those five to eight rushes and he's done nothing but produce with those. So I think all those guys can be in your lineups on Thursday night. I want to get into this Kansas City Chiefs, Pittsburgh Steelers game. Uh, not great, not, not great for fantasy or gambling <laughs> purposes like on, on paper you go into this football game and you say well the Chiefs should win this thing easily because their defense is playing well the offense is coming off a big performance against the Los Angeles Chargers and the Steelers offense is just bad and their defense has struggled this season outside of TJ Watt just being a, an absolute monster each and every week and so the question marks have to do with COVID-19. Uh, the Chiefs are dealing with a COVID outbreak, similar to some of these other teams across the league. They've been hit especially hard this week. Uh, they did announce today that Josh Gordon and Willie Gay have been removed from the COVID list, so those guys should be available. But Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are both at risk of missing this football game, which makes me really worried uh, about the Kansas City offense. I, I went back and looked at it because I was trying to think of a time when Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey have like both missed a game and it just hasn't happened. Like, you know, one of them, it maybe has missed a game here or there. Travis Kelsey, for the most part, has just never missed games outside of his rookie season where uh, he, he missed like his entire rookie season. And then since then he's just been like an iron man for the Kansas city chiefs. And so this is legitimately uncharted territory 
for this offense, like making me a little bit worried about the pass catchers, because if you're alive this late into your fantasy playoffs and you're fighting for that championship bid, are you really trying to pick up Byron Pringle or Josh Gordon or McCole Hardman and plug those guys into your lineups? And then if you're, if you've got Patrick Mahomes, like, and you've made it this far with Patrick Mahomes ups and downs, I think I'm avoiding the chiefs this week. If, if, if they do not have Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, like I think Clyde's going to be in a good spot against a Pittsburgh D that's been giving up a lot of rushing yards, but I might pivot away from Patrick Mahomes if he doesn't have those two superstar players in this football game. Yeah, and I think this kind of encapsulates the issues that are going through the NFL right now, right? I mean, they changed how the testing works. Um, Basically, vaccinated players are not getting tested daily. Um, Unvaccinated players still are. And the, the way that you basically get to even have an opportunity to take a test as a vaccinated player now is if you are symptomatic or there's like a random draw of like four players. The other problem is, at least from a team perspective, is we saw a lot of teams like look at the Cleveland Browns, right? A team that thought, hey, this new testing procedure where you don't have to have two negative tests 24 hours apart, you just need the one negative test and you're ready to go. They assumed that that would lead to players on the field quicker and that's simply not what happened i mean baker mayfield's still out he's probably going to be out the full you know 10 days um before he can return to the team so you're going to see a lot of teams have these weird cluster uh i get not injuries but like you know virus they're going to contract the virus and they're going to be out and you're going to be in put in certain circumstances where it's like tyreek and kelsey they've never been out before you know together and now this team has to lean on byron pringle Nicole Hardman, Josh Gordon, and, you know, we've been talking about how limited those pass-catching options for Kansas City have been outside of Tyreek and Kelsey all season. Yeah, it's – we've been waiting for another wide receiver to step up in this offense all year, and it simply hasn't happened. And I've had some Chiefs fans this week trying to talk me into, should I pick up Noah Gray and and put him in my fantasy lineup? And I was like – no, why would you do that? <laughs> like, there's got to be somebody else who's available who you feel safer about putting into your lineup. Like, no, Gray's a rookie tight end who has done nothing this season. Why would you just assume that he's going to take over the Travis Kelsey role? Like, that's not something I'm willing to risk my entire fantasy season on. And it's it, it's a shaky situation. Like. The Chiefs going into this game, we, we've we seen them adapt a little bit more, try to be a little bit more conservative and, and take what the defense gives them. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have been getting gashed by opposing rushing attacks. So I hope that Andy Reid comes into this game, but he's just like, all right, let's just feed Clyde and Daryl Williams because I think those are the guys that you can put into your lineup. And, and they've got a little bit more upside than they might normally have because if Kansas City doesn't have these guys available – they might not be looking to throw quite as much and, and put themselves in a bad situation. And there's a chance that they could be down to their third or fourth string right tackle yet again, going against TJ Watt. So that's not a favorable situation for Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think that you can pivot from Patrick Mahomes. If you got Clyde, if you got Daryl, I, I think those are guys that I would definitely put into my lineup still, but I am super questionable until we get an update on whether or not any of these guys are going to be available for the chiefs. On the Steelers' side, uh, you know, the Chiefs' defense has been good, and this offense 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers has just been bad all season long. Ben Roethlisberger is a statue. The Steelers offensive line is not particularly good. That's kind of limited the upside of Najee Harris, who is having a good rookie season, I guess, but it's just like he doesn't have running lanes. He, they don't open up holes for him. They don't make it easy. And so everything he gets, he has to work really hard for. I'm excited for Najee Harris moving forward. Uh, I don't think this rookie season really put really says much about who he can be as a player long-term, but I, I think that I would still play him against the Kansas State Chiefs again uh, with all the running back injuries and everything that you've dealt with this season. And that way, like he's just a volume play. And then as far as their pass catchers go, the only guy I feel confident in playing is Deontay Johnson because he still gets the looks. They're ugly looks from Ben, um, but he's going to get the opportunity. And so if you don't have a better option, I still think you got to put Deontay Johnson in your lineup. But other than that, I'm avoiding the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you see uh, what happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach? You no. to catch that? He is taking a lateral job and going to coach offensive line for the University of Oregon next year. So <laughs> that kind of tells you they're probably trying to push him out, right? That that's That's a, hey, you should take another job so I don't have to fire you type of move. And I mean that's happening midseason. It's you know we still got three weeks left to go in the year. Um, we're talking about you know Najee Harris not being able to to find running lanes. I mean that offensive line certainly is an issue, and it's been coming for years. I mean I think we could see it. You know like they they just lose like one offensive lineman a year. Um, the cap situation wasn't panning out right. The draft picks haven't panned out the same way that they thought that they were. Um, this offensive line just isn't built for Najee to kind of showcase his talent. And I know a lot of people will just kind of box score scout and say like, Najee Harris, what are you talking about? He wasn't even, you know, in the running for offensive rookie of the year or something like that. But that guy has a ton of talent and I'd definitely be a buyer of him, you know, kind of moving forward. He just needs better guys up front for him. I I am kind of curious how, you know, from a betting perspective, like how you're approaching a game like this, like, is it just, avoid it and, and don't don't even risk it or, or mess with it or are you like hopeful you can get in on like a favorable line here before these things before we get some guys who are gonna possibly be available i i don't trust it honestly um like you were saying like mahomes you haven't really seen him with without uh hill and kelsey so in terms of this i i usually like betting on things that like I have a good feel for at least like that there's something that I can look back to. Um, so like certain circumstances, like Philip rivers against like cover three or something like that, where, you know, he's just going to take the check out every single time. Like he certain situations like that, or once you've already seen an injury kind of play out before having something as big as a Hill and a Kelsey both out when the, the alternative of I'm going to fade this team is that quarterback is still Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot stick. Okay, so yes, avoid this matchup. Um, <laughs> but that does lead us to our first NFL Reacts poll of the day. We've got a contender or pretender series as we continue to inch ever closer to the NFL playoffs. Are the Kansas City Chiefs a contender or pretender? 92% of the audience says they are a contender. 8% say pretender. I, I think in the AFC that is totally wide open where there's no like elite teams. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have to be listed as a contender. So I totally agree with that result. A hundred percent. I mean, if they're not a contender, 
no one is <laughs> in, the, in the AFC at the very least. Yeah, to- totally agree. Uh, we did get James Robinson with no Urban Meyer last week. It wasn't like a monster fantasy performance, but it was good enough for you to deploy James Robinson yet again in a favorable matchup against the New York Jets. Uh, this game's disgusting, and, and really the only reason I, I put it on the list was because I wanted to say to mention James Robinson and say with no Urban Meyer and Daryl Bevel calling the shots, James Robinson belongs in your fantasy lineup, but run away from everybody else in this football game. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see Robinson with a coach that you know can regularly remember his him and his teammates' names. But there's there's not that much you know trending for Jacksonville. I saw a direct TV clap Jacksonville real hard. They they had a graphic and it was like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, one passing touchdown in his last five games. And then it was Derrick Henry, one passing touchdown out of his last five games. I mean, that's pretty brutal when Trevor Lawrence's passing touchdown production is being compared to a running back who's been been hurt for a couple weeks. So not not what you want to get out of, you know, what people thought was a generational, you know, first overall pick type of quarterback. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hope that uh, things turn around there for Trevor. Um, it just has not been a good season in Jacksonville. But James Robinson is at least one of the lone bright spots. But we can move off of that one. I do want to talk about Miles Sanders and this Philadelphia Eagles rushing attack. Like they at the beginning of the season, we talked about it a bunch where. Nick Sirianni was just insisting on throwing a ton for whatever reason. And the Eagles just simply aren't good at it. Like that's not their game. And now they've started attacking the rushing game uh, over the last month and a half or so. And the Eagles have been fantastic at it. They're one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL right now. And a lot of that has to do with Jalen hurts and his mobility. And he's a little banged up right now, still dealing with an ankle injury, but he's coming off a strong performance on Tuesday against the Washington football team. And Miles Sanders had a career high in rushing yards in that game, but Miles Sanders is dealing with several injuries. And Miles Sanders has not scored a touchdown this season, which seems hard to believe. But when the Eagles get inside the five, they just let Jalen Hurts run it in. And it's kind of like Cam Newton uh, during his peak in Carolina, where it's like it caps the value of Miles Sanders because he just doesn't score. But they, they've got a, a decent matchup this week. So I think if Miles Sanders is good to go, he's still got to be in your lineup. And you're praying in the fantasy playoffs that he finally finds the end zone. I mean, maybe he's going to break off a 60-yard touchdown. Like, that's the only way he's going to do it, I feel like. But I'm hopeful he'll find the end zone in week 16 of the NFL season. Yeah, once you get high red zone and goal line where teams are no longer kind of playing that middle of the field safety, that quarterback in the run game sure helps a lot. Like, I understand why Philadelphia is doing it. I just hope, you know, for the people that drafted Miles Sanders, that he finally gets one because we were getting peppered. I remember, you know, two months ago, we were getting peppered with Miles Sanders questions, you know, weekly. So hopefully, hopefully he can finally get one in and maybe swing a couple of you guys' playoff games. Yeah, and Jordan Howard is still banged up, but he could be available in this game. I, I do think going against the Giants uh, with Jake Fromm possibly being the Giants' starting quarterback this week, uh, yes. I, I think the Eagles are just going to run the ball a ton. I, I think Jordan Howard's even got some value in your lineups. But Miles Sanders, assuming he is good to go, I, I think you absolutely got to get him in there. And as far as the Eagles' pass catchers go, um, 
you know, Devontae Smith, I think, can be a really special player. Uh, I, I think I'm done putting him in my fantasy lineups, though, this season, this late into the season. If you've got a better option, if you, hell, if you got Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle should be in your lineup o- over Devontae Smith because he's just not getting enough volume. They're just not attempting to pass the ball enough. And it's really hurt your fantasy lineups. But Dallas Goddard has been pretty effective since they traded Zach Ertz. So I do think. If you got to start one Eagles pass catcher, I think that Dallas Goddard is the guy, not Devontae Smith, unfortunately. But I love Devontae moving forward, and I think he's got all kinds of upside over the next couple of years. Sony Michelle is coming off another productive game. Daryl Henderson was actually active in this one for the Rams, but Sony Michelle was the guy who got all of the work. He he got a bulk of the carries. He was actually active in the receiving game. Like it feels like Sony Michelle late season has just taken this Rams backfield over. And like, he's doing kind of what they wanted Daryl to do, but Daryl has struggled with injuries his entire career really. And has struggled to be that kind of every down reliable lead back. And it seems like Sony Michelle is that guy for the Rams moving forward. So I think you have to get him into your lineup and you have to do it with confidence this week. Which is so weird because Sony, I mean, that was kind of his deal coming out of UGA. You know, he was a first-round draft pick. Um, but I, I believe he was picked before Lamar Jackson even. I, I remember, you know, screenshots of that going around. His whole thing was, like, he got injured and he never ended up looking right, you know, for, for the for the New England Patriots. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see him outperforming Daryl Henderson when that's kind of, like, been the story. And wasn't it? didn't McVay say that like they were going to ride Henderson or something? Like I, I remember there was some sort yes. of narrative that like going into the game, people were like, this is the like Daryl Henderson is back game and did not seem to be the case. Yeah, he was active, you know, and he's been banged up and then he was added to the COVID list, but he was active in this football game against the Seahawks and they just did not use him. So if you've got both of them, I think that Sonny Michelle's got to be the guy that you lean on uh, against the Vikings this weekend. As far as the Rams pass catchers go, obviously Matthew Stafford is in your lineup. Cooper Cup is in your lineup. But the question I'm getting the most is Odell Beckham or Van Jefferson. Now, I think that both of them have some upside this week going against the Minnesota Vikings secondary that just hasn't been good all season. I mean, they're long. cutting guys in season. <laughs> yeah. Like starters. Just, just cut oh, Bashad great. Breland because uh, he had just had a bad year and they just said, all right, Bashad, you're causing problems in practice. Get out of here. Um, their secondary has struggled all season. And so I think that you can play both wide receivers this week. And we've seen there be enough volume in this Rams passing attack that like, Odell finds the end zone. Van Jefferson finds the end zone. Cooper Cup still eats all day. And so I, there's enough volume for three wide receivers to produce this week, especially in a favorable matchup. But if we're talking about like daily lineups, I think I'd give Van Jefferson the slight nod. He He's slid a little bit more into that Robert Woods role than Odell has. And he and he's especially been a, a big play kind of deep threat wide receiver for them. And I really like Van Jefferson's upside here in the near future, but I, I think I'd give him the, the slight nod in a good matchup. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I mean, once I, I think Stafford got healthy that Jacksonville game, and once Stafford is healthy, that offense is completely different. I, I think the narrative about, you know, Sean McVay's offense falls off in the second half of the year was overblown to a certain extent. Um, if we're talking about, yeah, 
to your point daily, you know, if you need that big Hail Mary, right? Van Jefferson is that dude. I mean, how many weeks is he going to have to do it where he catches, you know, a 40 plus yard touchdown and just splits the safeties before we start treating him like a legitimate deep threat? I mean, everyone talks about, you know, like a Marquez Valdez Scantling being kind of like the deep shot guy in Green Bay and, you know, how their offense completely changes when he's not on the field. I feel like we're almost getting to that point with like Van Jefferson with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, he's a super exciting young player. I remember his rookie year uh, coming out of that Rams training camp. Everybody was like, Van Jefferson just keeps making play after play after play. And they're like, he's going to have a major role in this offense this season. And then come the regular season, he just barely played. And Well, he, he was just running routes off for Robert Woods and Cooper Cup underneath because like that's the only way like Goff could complete passes. Yeah, and they still had Josh Reynolds at the time, and so Josh Reynolds was getting a lot more routes than him. But you know, the Robert Woods injury has really opened things up for us to see what Van Jefferson is capable of, and I think the Rams have to be thrilled with what he's shown so far. He's shown he can be a playmaker. Uh, on the Minnesota Vikings side, obviously you're starting Justin Jefferson. Obviously you're starting Dalvin Cook. Uh, Adam Thielen, still questionable, uh, but there's a chance that he goes in this game. He hasn't been officially ruled out or anything like that. Uh Against this Rams secondary that's been kind of up and down outside of Jalen Ramsey, I, I think that if Adam Thielen is available, you you can play him this week. And I don't trust Kirk Cousins in big games, uh, especially not coming after at, after an 87-yard passing performance the other night. But I think Kirk can go in your lineup. Uh, I think he's I think he's got a safe floor in a high volume passing game. If uh, a sack fumble gets called back. And then, you know, he throws an interception like last week. That's probably not going to be the best sequence for you. But, <laughs> I mean, he's he's such a frustrating quarterback because you watch him and 80% of the time he looks like Tom Brady operating just quick game stuff. And then 20% of the time it looks like a five-year-old who got a hold of a Madden controller and is just, you know, hitting buttons. Um, did you see that interception that he that he threw? <laughs> yes, where Justin Jefferson fell down. Um, so he fell down, but even if he fell down, he's throwing it to double coverage. Like the safety <laughs> was still able to get a hand on the ball. He could have fair caught it. My, my I was watching that with my buddy. My buddy came over, and uh, he heard me make a loud sound and like looked up from his phone, and it's like what? And then I was like, "Did you see that interception?" And he said, "I thought that was a punt." Because <laughs> he like looked up, looked up. Uh, like as the guy was catching it, he just assumed it was like a legitimate putt. So yeah, I mean that's how bad some of the the bad plays for Kirk are this year. It was as soon as he like cocked that thing, you were like, oh no, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> that he just let wasn't it that go. like two minute drill or something too. He was just like <laughs> screw it, yeah. and then they're like they get the ball with at like the you know midfield with the yeah. chance to score, and it's like why would you now? Why would you do that, Kirk? He had already decided he was going for for Justin no matter what, and you know e even if Justin didn't fall down, it, it was a bad throw. But it wound up being a hilarious interception. Uh, Joe Mixon could possibly be out this week against the Baltimore Ravens. The Cincinnati Bengals really their offense, and we've talked about them quite a bit. Their my, my frustration uh, specifically with the Cincinnati Bengals is like. You know, their offensive line obviously needs to be improved in the offseason, but the weapons on this offense, you can argue, are as good as any offense in the NFL. And when they're on, they are very hard to stop. And 
If Joe Mixon does not play this week, it's a huge matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Every team in the AFC North is fighting to try to stand atop that division and get into the playoffs right now. So this is a huge, huge game that could wind up being the deciding factor in that division. I don't think that you can play Samaje Pirine if Joe Mixon does not go out in this one because the Baltimore Ravens, for all the injuries that they've dealt with, their run defense has still been fantastic this season. It's the secondary, it's the passing game. And so if Zach Taylor's smart, he is attacking that defense through the air and just saying, uh, I, I don't care about my run game if Joe Mixon's not in this football game. Yeah, and we've brought this up plenty of times this year, either you know on the Friday show or the Wednesday show, but the Cincinnati Bengals basically run two offenses. They have like their under center run offense and they have their gun passing offense, and none of it really connects to each other. And I think part of it is because you know Burrow's a better passer out of empty and stuff. And, you know, they, they still want to get Joe Mixon going and he's an old school, you know, under center running back. Um, so if he's out, I don't think you can replicate what he does with that being said, I'd be very interested in seeing kind of what Baltimore's game plan is going into this after seeing, you know, them close up against green Bay this past week, they basically didn't blitz Aaron Rodgers, And you could at one side, look at it and say, okay, this is a blitz-heavy team. They know against elite quarterbacks, they can't do that. Well, I don't know if it was an elite quarterback thing or if it was just they're out of horses. You know, Chuck Clark got put on the COVID reserve. He's their last base starter in the secondary. He's their safety. Um, that, that was kind of like the preferred starter left on the roster. And then in-game, Tavon Young, uh, their starting slot corner, ended up going down. So they were legit, you know, backups across the board, all five guys when they were in nickel and stuff. They're still able to do a pretty good job at stopping Green Bay's run game. Like they were able to get them, you know, if you want to run on first down and run on second down, you're probably it's a third down, convert the sticks, or you're ended up punting. And Green Bay lost that battle a couple times. It wasn't until they kind of opened up their passing offense that they were able to even score on this Baltimore team. And that was with I, I believe Calais Campbell was still out too. So now Calais Campbell's probably gonna come back. So I think this Baltimore team getting a little healthier. Um, but their secondary is still a mess. I just don't know if there's still that, you know, blitz-heavy Baltimore Ravens 3-4 defense that we think of, and they just shied away from that because they were playing Aaron Rodgers, or if this is just what they look like when they have backup, you know, backup guys across the board in the secondary. Because I think both are viable, you know, answers. Yeah, and, you know, Joe Burrow, when they played earlier in the season – the Bengals had the right approach. They said, okay, we can attack this defense through the air. And Joe Burrow had over 400 passing yards and three touchdowns in that game. So I think that you can still play T Higgins, Jamar Chase, obviously Tyler Boyd's coming off of a huge game, but Tyler Boyd for the most part has kind of been an afterthought in this offense. So I'd be a little skeptical about chasing those points from last week where Jamar Chase and T Higgins both kind of put up duds. And then Tyler Boyd had that long touchdown against uh, the Broncos. So I still think I would go back to T Higgins and Jamar Chase. If I'm desperate, I feel like Tyler Boyd is more of a dart throw. For the uh, Baltimore Ravens, however, Lamar Jackson still questionable in this game. He has not practiced this week. So we'll wait and see. If Lamar goes, I think you got to put Lamar in your lineup because he is just a quarterback one when he's healthy and when he can produce. He obviously provides that, that safe floor with his legs. But if he is not available and you haven't picked up Tyler Huntley yet, you have to go pick up Tyler Huntley and put him into your fantasy lineup because 
he has been fantastic since stepping in. Like it feels like it's a great offense for what Tyler Huntley can do, but he is showcasing some stuff. And we talked about it a lot on the Wednesday show. Like Tyler Huntley can ball. <laughs> like he's, he is a fun football player. So if Tyler Huntley is available and you're a Lamar Jackson owner, I think you absolutely have to go add Tyler Huntley right now. I mean, he helped an offense score 30 points, you know, against the best record in football right now. Um, in terms of carries 13 for 73 yards. I mean, the two touchdowns, there's not very many quarterbacks who can get you 73, you know, regularly and two touchdowns. So he made a uh, Rashawn Gary, who's, you know, a pro bowl alternate. He was just voted as a pro bowl alternate yesterday. Um, he made his life a living hell. Uh, he was just rolling out to the right side constantly. And then for that, that I think it was the first rushing touchdown, just split the defense up the middle. They're playing cover two man. They're trying to play coverage, just try to like get a hat on a hat. And if you have a hat on a hat, you don't have, you know, a body in a gap. And Tyler Huntley has proven over and over again that if, if you're not consistently keeping try, like trying to contain him and have a spy over the middle of the defense, then he's just gonna tuck it and run. And that's a talent, man. I I think probably not this next year, um, because there's still that contract dispute with Lamar Jackson, but in 2023, when, when his contract comes up and he's a restricted free agent, there's going to be bidders ready for him. And, you know, if if the Ravens only slap a second or third round tender on him, they, they might get a contract matched by someone. Yeah, as far as the rest of the Ravens offense goes, I don't trust anybody here outside of Mark Andrews. You know, with Tyler Huntley in the game, he has been feeding Mark Andrews the last two weeks, and Mark Andrews. Oh my goodness, he, he ate Darnell Savage up. He had like 150 yards on Darnell Savage alone. Yeah. The Packers had to completely switch up their defense. They started they 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 usually play like three safety dime, and they were like Kevin King. Come here, you're big. Go line up on Mark Andrews and dive. Like they, they had problems trying to cover him. Yeah, when Huntley first came in the game a couple of weeks ago, when Lamar Jackson got hurt, um, he was targeting Rashad Bateman heavily, and so that made me a little bit more optimistic. Like, okay, now we're getting Rashad Bateman involved in the offense. And then he came back last week and had one catch for five yards. So, I, I don't think you can put Rashad Bateman in there and. Marquise Brown started the season as a legitimate top five wide receiver in fantasy football and has been nothing close to that over the last six weeks or so. I feel like we haven't heard him since he like dropped the screen against Miami when (laughs) they were just like, we can't, we can't do anything. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole lot of three, four catch games for like 42 yards since then. So if you want four points in your fantasy lineup, I, I guess put Hollywood Brown in there, but I, I'm not willing to trust him at all. And I don't trust anybody in this Ravens backfield. So it's Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews or Lamar Jackson is the route that I would go this week. Let's take a quick timeout. Uh, when we get back, we got to talk about Duke Johnson coming out of nowhere for the Miami Dolphins. And the Saints have a pretty bad quarterback situation. Also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive weapons are all hurt and it's making me really skeptical about tom brady this week that's coming up next on nfl reacts another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. Y'all put the kids in bed. I'm betting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Did you realize that Duke Johnson was even playing for the Miami Dolphins at this point, Justice? Because it just feels like it came out of nowhere. I didn't even realize he was on their roster until late last week. No, I had no clue. I, I thought he, if you would have put a gun to my head, uh, I would have said Houston Texans if he was in the league or out of the league. And yeah, I guess, you know, COVID year, you, you get 16 guys on the practice squad. Guys are shuffling all over. You never know. It's, it's harder to keep track than any other time I can remember. Well, and what made this particularly strange is that they activated him. He was on their practice squad and they activated him because Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed were both on the COVID list, but they wound up being cleared in time for the game And then Duke Johnson still had 22 carries and over 100 yards. Like Duke Johnson was that guy in Cleveland and in Houston where I feel like analytics-minded people were always like, hey, here's a running back who constantly performs like above expectation, but he does not get any opportunity for some reason. And then out of nowhere, he got 22 carries for the Dolphins. Look, I'm happy someone will finally feed him. (laughs) I remember those – what was it? The Hugh Jackson Cleveland Browns teams. And it's yeah. just like feed the guy. And it just never happened. And I guess when you have Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback, you know, it's kind of tough to run the ball. But I'm, ha- I'm happy for Duke. He-, he was always a guy who was like super athletic, you know, could do some of the wide receiver things. Like he wasn't nearly as big as Le'Veon Bell, but he could do a lot of this, a lot of similar things, I thought. Um, as, f- as far as him being activated above guys who are, you know, activated on the the or pulled off of the COVID reserve list I, I think a lot of that has to do with conditioning I mean imagine having to be in shape to be an NFL running back and then going 10 days of inactivity and then being asked to hey carry the load in an NFL game you know you you kind of need some some warm-up days to to get back into that conditioning Yeah, and I really just brought this up because I wanted to shout out Duke Johnson for finally having that monster game that he's been chasing for, I don't even know how long he's been in the NFL, five, six years now, it it seems like. Um, So congratulations to him, but you can't start him this week. If you went out and added him, I, I just don't think you can trust that. You know, Maybe Miles Gaskin is back in the mix. It's also a brutal matchup against a Saints run defense that is one of the best units in the NFL. They just shut out Tom Brady a week ago. So I'm avoiding this matchup. I don't like two of this week. Jalen Waddle is going to be back. Devontae Parker should be active, but I just don't love the matchup. There is some optimism here, though, for the Miami Dolphins defense because Taysom Hill was added to the COVID list. Trevor Simeon is not going to be available, and it was just announced a little bit ago that Ian Book is expected to be the Saints' starting quarterback headed into this football game. So if you got to start the Miami Dolphins' defense, I think it's a favorable situation for them. I, I would think so. I mean, do you remember when they were playing – we already brought that game up, but they were playing Baltimore, and they were like, this is the one thing you can't do. 
is handle the blitz and, and go in a quick game and try to beat us. Like that that Miami defense is well coached enough that they can take advantage of some of those like schematic flaws, I guess. Ian Book is going to have some talent flaws that are going to lead to schematic flaws. I mean, that was a quarterback that I'm not sure anyone was sure that he was going to get drafted, right? Like Notre Dame fans even were like, that's not an NFL quarterback. Brian Kelly, I think, has a quote where he was – it was leading up to the playoff game. And he was like, he's not an NFL quarterback, but he's a very good college quarterback. You guys got to get off of him. And he ended up getting drafted in like the fourth round. Um, this is a you know Notre Dame team that like you know when they play the Alabamas or Ohio States or Clemson's they end up getting boat raced when when Book was at quarterback because they just didn't have the horses there. So I don't know, man. It, this seems like a fairly decent downgrade from Trevor Simeon, and whenever you get to that range, bad news. Bad. News. Yeah, it's bad for the Saints who are, are still kind of vying for a playoff spot. They sure are. I mean, I think they had. <laughs> After that Tampa win, I thought they had the inside track to the seventh seed, which was – I didn't even really think that they were in contention. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it really seemed like Philadelphia, uh, Minnesota, and Washington were kind of that race for that last seed with, you know, San Francisco probably a good bit ahead for that six. And now, you know, Washington has essentially been knocked out. Um, Minnesota and Philadelphia, I think, are still there, but New Orleans is right there in the mix with it. Yeah, it's it's an ugly situation. So I'm avoiding everybody in the Saints. I mean, I guess Alvin Kamara has got to go in your lineup because he's Alvin Kamara. But man, this is not our checkdowns. Yeah, I mean, mean, some two yard receptions. It's just not a favorable situation. Um, And Alvin Kamara is coming off of a bad performance uh, against the Bucks, But again, he's Alvin Kamara. So I guess you got to put him in your lineup. I, I certainly don't love it. Speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Chris Godwin obviously already ruled out for the entire for the rest of the season after confirming a torn ACL earlier in the week. Mike Evans is expected to be out this week. He's dealing with an injury. Leonard Fournette expected to be out this week, and there's a small chance that Antonio Brown does return. Though I'm still kind of skeptical uh, about this Tampa Bay offense. All of a sudden, with losing all of those playmakers and you know, Ronald Jones has shown up before, and I believe it was actually last year in a matchup against the Carolina Panthers where Ronald Jones had like a 92-yard touchdown run and wound up having like 180 rushing yards and a touchdown or something in that football game. So this Panthers defense is a little bit better this year than they were last season, um, but I think you can put Ronald Jones into your starting lineup and – you know, it's the Panthers and they're a mess and they're going to have like a quarterback by committee. The if you Sam believe Darnold package. The yeah, Sam so Darnold Sam, package. Sam Darnold, Cam Newton. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a total mess for them offensively in this game. And it's Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady, even shorthanded offensively, like Tom Brady's going to come out like in a just furious fit of rage after being shut out for the first time in his NFL career. Like I would not be shocked if even if Antonio Brown doesn't play, like say it's Tyler Johnson, Rashad Perriman, Scotty Miller, and Brady still winds up throwing four touchdowns or something in this football game. I wouldn't be shocked at all. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you. This Panthers team, we we've used the term flailing a lot to describe them. This seems like a perfect get-right game for the Buccaneers. And one of the more odd storylines, I thought, throughout 
you know, the past couple weeks has been like Florio wondering openly, like what the decision from Tampa was going to be on Antonio Brown. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's coming back. Like that, that's not really a question. And then, you know, uh, Arians got asked about it and he basically said, like, I, I, I could give a bleep about what other people think. Like I want Antonio Brown on my team. This is like the peak, you know, what's, what's the joke they tell on NFL circles? Like if, if Hannibal Lecter uh, was a dra- could run a four four, we'd say he had an eating disorder, right? Like Antonio Brown, one hundred percent was going to come back. He he did his time, you know, from the league's perspective. As soon as Tampa could get him back on the field, they were gonna. So I I don't understand why people were wondering if, if Tom Brady would be willing to do anything to get a ring. Like you guys know who this guy is? Yeah. They, they brought him in last year. Remember last season when Bruce Arians was like, we have zero interest in him. We're not talking to him. And then two weeks later, they signed him because Brady wanted him. And Tom was like that, that week, that week we spent together in new England was special. Man. <laughs> yeah. And Antonio Brown before getting injured looked like the old Antonio Brown. Like he looked like a legitimate wide receiver one. Uh, Gronk is back and healthy too. So, you know, Gronk's going to get fed in this football game, especially if they're that shorthanded. So I still have plenty of confidence in Brady just because, and some of it is just getting shut out. Like Brady has got to be pissed about that. Brady's going to be mad about that for like years. I I feel like because he's not going to be able to retire without having been shut out in his NFL career. And, I, I do not want to face Tom Brady the week after getting dominated that way defensively. The Arizona Cardinals have a uh, tough matchup uh, against the Indianapolis Colts this week. Uh, James Conner has been one of the biggest draft steals of the year, but now he's banged up. They do have Chase Edmonds back, and the Cardinals are coming off one of the worst performances of the year. Uh, I, I feel like by any upper echelon team where they just got straight up dominated by the Detroit lions, uh, no Deandre Hopkins in this game and possibly for the rest of the season, we'll wait and see if he's available for the playoffs, but I've got my questions uh, about this Arizona Cardinals offense right now going against a Colts team that is hot. And that looks like they're really ready to you know, go into the playoffs with the head of Steve. I mean, we can get into this a little bit more in the pick three um, is my thought. But I, I, I think this is the overcorrection game where everyone saw, you know, there, there was really it was really a boring slate of games, frankly, in those morning games. Everyone looks in and they're like, Detroit is beating, you know, Arizona. Let's go to it into that one and, you know, boot up whatever illegal stream you're using to, to get that game on your television. And then. Between that and then the big win for Indianapolis over uh, the Patriots, I, I think this is the game where we finally overreact and we forget just how much team speed Arizona had, how bad Carson Wentz has been on, on film, you know, box score stats. Maybe he's not as bad as he looks like when he's trying to duck under defenders and uh, throw interceptions into triple coverage. Um, and then the other the other thing, too, is that fact that, you know, Arizona is still a defensive-led team. Like, their defense has always been better than their offense, as weird as that sounds. That team speed matters, and what that looks like when Jonathan Taylor might not be at 100% and Carson Wentz is the trigger man now, I I think that's, like, an X factor that maybe people who aren't watching the games close enough might overlook. Yeah, and 
as good as the Colts run D has been all season long, they're still giving up some plays through the air and, and they can get beat in the passing game. So I don't trust AJ green. Um, but I do like Christian Kirk in this football game. And I still like Zach Ertz. Like we saw without Deandre Hopkins in the lineup, Christian Kirk had a safe floor, like had over 90 yards and a touchdown last week. Zach Ertz was getting plenty of volume. So I think both those guys are going to be heavily involved in the passing attack. And as far as the running game goes, if James Conner somehow misses this game, I, I think you still can put in Chase Edmonds. If James Conner is available, I'm putting him in my lineup just because he's been a touchdown scoring machine, even though the Colts are a, a very good run defense. Uh, but that leads us to our next NFL reacts poll, and it's about the Indianapolis Colts. Are the Colts a contender or pretender? 59% say contender, 41% say pretender. Um I feel like that's kind of about how I feel about the Colts. <laughs> like it's they're a well-coached team. And I think that the coaching process and their player evaluation and the way that they've drafted and like, they've got some really talented players on this roster. I think all of that covers up everything that Carson Wentz does. So like coming off of performance where he had 57 passing yards, it's hard to feel confident in Carson Wentz at all but they're winning football games and they're doing it in kind of a complete way, despite Carson Wentz and and some of the things that he does. So I think they're a good football team who can give you some problems because Jonathan Taylor is such a special player and their offensive line is fantastic. But overall, I I don't see the Colts like being a team that like really shocks somebody in the playoffs. It has to be Wentz getting hot. I mean, Wentz would have to go on a Flacco type of run, you know, and I'm betting against that. (laughs) yeah uh the buffalo bills uh looking to uh bounce back a a little bit here but they're gonna have to do it without cole beasley who has been ruled out he tested positive for covid uh as we know cole beasley is unvaccinated I, i don't think we needed anybody to confirm that but emmanuel sanders is also questionable in this game for me, even in a tough matchup uh, against the Patriots team that just ran all over them a couple of weeks ago and only threw the football three times, I think that Gabriel Davis is a must-start player for me this week because he's been absolutely fantastic since stepping in in a more full-time role with Emmanuel Sanders out, uh, had two touchdowns last week. And really, Gabriel Davis, when he's gotten an opportunity so far in his short NFL career, he has found a way to produce. So... It's a tough matchup against a really good Patriots secondary with, you know, it, it's going to make me question Stefan Diggs a little bit, but I'm still going to put Josh Allen and Diggs into my lineup. And I like Gabriel Davis almost a little bit more just because I assume that Diggs is going to take, you know, a lot of that Belichick coverage. So it's kind of a must win game for the Buffalo Bills who are hanging on to a playoff spot after they looked like they were one of the better teams in the NFL early in the season. So I I think the Bills got to at least show up and make this a competitive football game. Like you can't get dominated on the ground the way that they did in the first matchup. I mean, being down even more wide receivers is an issue for them, right? I mean, the the problem last game was the Patriots were able to run the ball more efficiently against them than the Bills were able to pass efficiently. And if you're down Cole Beasley and Manny Sanders, I mean, it's not not one-to-one to to, – the, the weather the last time around, but it surely is a negative. I mean, New England has all their guys in the secondary. So, I mean, they're going to be able to take away some stuff. Buffalo's issue all year has been the fact that they can't run the ball. 
you know, they're, they're not built in that way. They don't have tight ends who can block in line like that. They don't have guys who can run under center like that. It doesn't seem like with Josh Allen, they really want to keep him inside of that structure. They just kind of want him to freelance and do whatever he needs to do. Um, I, I don't like how this team is built. I've, I've said it all year. I said it when, you know, they were 4-0 or whatever, and they were beating up teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. I just don't like the way that they're built. I think the Patriots are a perfect way um, – or uh, built in a perfect way to kind of beat them up. Yeah, it, it's a tough matchup, and Damian Harris is still questionable going into this one for the New England Patriots. He was unavailable last week. So it seemed like it was a smash spot for Ramondre Stevenson, but he wound he might, up being, he might be better. He might yeah. be the better back. And it, it wound up being kind of a letdown last week. But again, it was a, a tough matchup against the Colts who have been good against the run all season long. Um, I, I think that you can play both of those guys in this one. If Damian Harris does go, because as we saw in the first matchup and, you know, I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but I'm going to assume there's not like 50 mile per hour winds like there was in that first game. I'm going to assume it's not going to be quite that bad weather wise, but I still think they're going to be able to run the football because that's what the Patriots really want to do at the end of the day. And Mac Jones will probably throw more than three times in this football game, I'd have to imagine. But where they control the football game is on the ground and with those two stud running backs. So I can get those guys into your lineup in a tough matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Before we get to our pick three, I do want to mention Teddy Bridgewater has already been ruled out for the Denver Broncos this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Does Drew Locke starting do anything for you in this game, Justice? Like, does it excite you, intrigue you in any possible way? Um... So Drew Locke, I think, is a more fun quarterback to watch. That doesn't mean that he's a better quarterback. I think Teddy's better at playing quarterback. I think Locke is going to give you more like – I haven't seen that on a football field moments. I mean, he did that against uh, – what was it, Cincinnati last week where he turned the ball – he just pulled – he pulled the ball in the zone read. There was a guy there, and he was just like, here you go. Take it. I don't want it. I didn't want to get hit in the first place. I was here to, I was here to wear a hat and hold the clipboard. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I think it hurts the pass catchers for the Broncos having Drew. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, he might take a few more shots down the field than Teddy, but you shouldn't have been playing any of these Broncos pass catchers, anyways. I've mentioned it on this podcast since Jerry Judy came back. He's hurt everybody, and while I love the talent of all of their pass catchers, I think Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy are all extremely talented players. Like they just don't throw the football enough for any of them to have a high impact game aside from breaking off a long touchdown or something like that. And that's, that's not the type of variance you want in your fantasy lineup in in a playoff matchup. So if you've got Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon, I think both those players are very safe plays this week. They've been safe plays all season long, really just being a, a dual running back threat. Like both of them have found ways to produce when they're on the field. So I think you can start both of those guys, but as far as the pass catchers go, no, I I don't trust Drew Locke in any way. I, I, I just got to avoid all of that stuff. But we do this each and every week. We try to get you set up in your DraftKings lineups, try to get you set up with our favorite bets of the week headed into the big NFL weekend. It's the pick three. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. 
Pick 3, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick 3 is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, I will give you one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver that I love going into this weekend. Try to find you some decent value in your DraftKings lineups to get you set up and maybe get some of those other superstar caliber players. Try to make the most out of your money. And then Justice has his three favorite bets of the week from the DraftKings Sportsbook. My pick three quarterback this week, and I understand that it's contingent upon whether or not Lamar Jackson is available But it's got to be Tyler Huntley. If Lamar Jackson does not go in this game, I absolutely love the upside of Tyler Huntley. We talked about what he did against the Green Bay Packers, and I've got some confidence this week uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like He's only $6,000 on DraftKings, and the Ravens are playing for their season right now. Like If they lose this football game to the Cincinnati Bengals, And if the Pittsburgh Steelers somehow pull off a major upset against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is possible with the Chiefs possibly being so shorthanded because of COVID, then the Ravens could slide out of the playoffs. And so this is going to be a huge, huge game for them. So whether it's Lamar, whether it's Tyler Huntley, they've got to win. This has got to be a big game for them. And so if it is Tyler Huntley, I'm intrigued enough by his upside in a game that's got a chance to be a high scoring affair. So I would put him in my lineup. If Lamar Jackson goes, I would pivot to Matt Ryan. He's 5,400 going against the Detroit Lions. He's my backup quarterback just in case. That's why, because I've had this burn me a couple of times on pick three this year. So I I wanted to give you guys a backup. My uh, pick three running back, Javante Williams. He comes in at 6,100 on DraftKings this week. He's got all the makings of a future fantasy football star. He's still going to have to split the time with Melvin Gordon the rest of this season. But as I just mentioned, you can start him against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders have been one of the best matchup against opposing running backs all season long. And Javante Williams is just a total stud. Drew Locke's getting the start for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. So I have to assume the Broncos are going to go into this game and say, you know, we'll give Drew a couple of chances to take some shots, see, see what we got in him, maybe give him an opportunity to make some plays downfield. But we know we can absolutely run all over the Raiders. So I like what Drew, what Javante Williams is going to be able to do this week, even if Melvin Gordon is taking away some carries from him. We already talked about my pick three wide receiver as well. Van Jefferson, he's only $5,500 going against that Viking secondary that's been torched by wide receivers all season. He stepped into that Robert Woods role, and he's been getting a ton of routes. Odell Beckham is still going to be involved in the offense, but Van Jefferson has been getting plenty of targets from Matthew Stafford. In that high-volume passing attack going against a favorable secondary that you can absolutely beat, I I think that Jefferson is in a very good spot at $5,500 this week. He failed to score against the Seahawks, but he found the end zone in three straight prior to that. So I absolutely love my guy, Van Jefferson. Justice, your pick three bets of the week. So my first one, Los Angeles Rams minus two and a half at the Minnesota Vikings. It just came out. Dalvin Cook got put on the uh, reserve COVID list. Not not great. Not great. Um, so I, I don't know if this line is going to move significantly. Jump on it quickly if, if not. Um, the Rams, I think, are just a more talented team. You know, we talked about it throughout the season. Uh, the Stafford thing, 
I think was more of an injury in terms of his drop-off. I don't think it was a McVay issue. I don't think it was a structure of the offense issue. You're starting to see Van Jefferson now develop more into a shot play guy. You're starting to see Odell Beckham Jr. You know, phase into the offense with Robert Woods going out. Um, not to say Robert Woods going out was a good thing, but you know, this offense is finding itself you know in the post Robert Woods kind of world. Stafford's looked healthy since the Jacksonville game. I don't trust Kirk Cousins uh, very much in terms of like being able to make the big throw in the big moment um, with Thielen out too. Potentially, you know, that becomes a whole other issue. I, I just really like the Rams here. The fact that you can get it under a field goal, I feel really good about it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a team that might be able to make a late season rally to like the three seed in the NFC or the, even the four seed um, versus the Vikings, who if they lose this, they're probably out of the playoffs, right? They're out of the playoffs. And, you know, that seven seed becomes more open with uh, the Saints or the Eagles being able to slip in there. Uh, my next game, Indianapolis Colts at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are are one-point home favorites. This is a team that, going into last week, they had the best record in football, right? They were the number one seed in the NFC, and it, everything is forgotten. Um, we mentioned this earlier in the show. I think this is kind of like the matchup of the two overreactions, where the Indianapolis Colts beat uh, the New England Patriots in a primetime game. They have arrived. The Arizona Cardinals play – play down to the level of the Detroit Lions in a week early slate and everyone just kind of pays attention to them and red zones on that game half of the time no one likes them anymore they they, they were going into last week they, they were the Super Bowl uh front runner and now you know what the one one point favorite at home I'm taking Arizona here I, I don't think you know the nuke nuke going down doesn't mean the sky is falling this is still a defensive team they still have team speed. They still have, even if he's banged up, you know, Kyler Murray is a better matchup at quarterback than Carson Wentz. Give me that team, especially with Jonathan Taylor in the situation that he's in now. Uh, last game, a very gross one. Um, there, there weren't too many lines that I really liked this week because I think, you know, Vegas has kind of figured out where to rank teams. And, and the other game that I was going to pick was for Thursday, which is the day that we're recording. So I can't use that one. Um, Detroit Lions plus six at Atlanta. Atlanta's just a bad football team. They're they're no good at football. Their offensive line is like a year away from being a year away. They need to move away from Matt Ryan. Detroit is just clicking on all cylinders in terms of like motivation for guys who like probably are like borderline NFL players. There's going to be so many guys coming out of this year who like go into coaching or like retire and just say like, Dan Campbell, like that was my dude. You know what I mean? So I think if, if we're talking about late season pushes, like this Detroit team seems to be a whole lot more motivated than this Atlanta team. And I think they might be more talented, which is why I think like this plus six line is offensive. I mean, in terms of the passing game, I might take Detroit's passing game over Atlanta's passing game, despite the quarterback disadvantage that, that the Lions have on their center. Jared Goff is hot right now. He's coming on. He's coming off of a, a big game. So, <laughs> I, I love the Detroit Lions pick. That is our pick three, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of NFL Reacts. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL Show. We ask that you do leave a kind five star rating. We're in the five star business here on nfl reacts you can follow justice on twitter at j-u-m-o-s-q 
I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Survive in advance. Make it to your championship fantasy football game. Go win some fantasy cash this weekend. Everybody have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next week.